Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here with my co-host, Ed Birdsall, as always. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? How was your weekend? Mr. Caster, how are you? Uh, my weekend was good. It was a uh, good time. I had a uh, busy, busy weekend, but here we are. Happy Monday. And uh, back to talk about more running backs. I'm looking forward to it. Um, all the positive responses that we got from uh, Jared's episode on, what was it now, Friday? I guess it released on Friday. Was we when were... that came out? Yeah, Friday. Yeah. So uh, everyone who has um, been very, uh, very positive with, with uh, those messages, thank you very, very much. We are always out here striving to create the best premium content. Wink, wink. Um, yeah, my weekend was was good, Adam. And uh, yeah, just here to talk about some more running backs, man. How uh, how about you? How was how was your weekend? What was what was your uh, what was Adam Caster's weekend like in less than five words? Go. Less than five words. Less than five words. That's all we have time for. Oh God. <laughs> it was really fun. That's four. Very good. Moving on <laughs> swiftly. There you go. No, well. <laughs> I worked at, uh, I went to work and did nothing. Hey, hey, that's more than five words. I don't care. <laughs> it's my show too. <laughs> no, it was a, This guy's was, gotten too comfortable. <laughs> uh, I went to work and then did nothing because uh, Mets and Yankees was postponed. And then um, had some family friends over on Sunday. And then, yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty nice. Pretty busy. Good. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all kind of busy. But as as my people as my people would say, that is molto bene. Yes. See. So before we get into our uh, one quick question, which I do have for you. God, I can't even wait. Before we get into news and notes, I just want to say that we have that we're going to have an announcement at the end of this podcast. Ooh, an announcement. A little programming note, if you will. Can I make some guesses? Sure, make a guess. Can I make some guesses? Um, we're going to have a live beach party on the beaches of Cabo San Lucas, and we're going to live stream it all. Well. So it's going to be just for three hours. It's going to be mariachi bands. You're half right, but I will, I will not tell you which half. <laughs> Definitely the mariachi band part. If, there, if what we're doing does not include a mariachi band, I'm going to be very upset. Do you have any other guesses? No, that's my only guess, because that's what I want. Well, okay. And if it's not that, Adam, we're going to have a major problem. All right. Well, I'm willing to defend my honor for this, for this podcast. Does this surprise include a mariachi band? That, in and of itself, is a surprise. <sighs> if there's no mariachi band, I'm not going to be very happy. I, I'm prepared for that, for that uh, scenario, clearly. So the news and notes, the big news and notes is Earl Thomas the third has been released by the Baltimore Ravens. Here we go again. For I don't even remember what it was for. He, he got into a fight conduct, with somebody. Conduct detrimental to the team. Well, that's a very catch-all umbrella term. Yeah. So what basic what basically happened was he was in practice on Friday, got into a fight with. Chuck Clark, who is another safety, which is very interesting considering very rarely do you see two guys that are in the same squad, the same unit of a team 
same position group get into a fight like that. And that's exactly what happened. And then to make matters worse, Earl Thomas then went on Instagram and posted a video of himself explaining exactly what happened and detailing the whole thing. Ravens did not like that. And then at the end of the day, it was just really a matter of when, not if, Earl Thomas would be traded or released by the Baltimore Ravens. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Um, We ended up, as of yesterday, when the news came out that the Ravens and the way that they had worded the release in their official statement on Twitter was that they were releasing Earl Thomas um, because of conduct detrimental to the team. Now what's going to end up happening is the Ravens now are going to file a grievance and they are going to want the $10 million that they have already given Earl Thomas for this season and guaranteed money. They are going to want that $10 million back. They are going to file that grievance to get that back. And then it's up to Earl Thomas and his people to fight a counter injunction against the Ravens saying that they, that he should keep his money at the end of the day. It just comes down to contract lingo. Well, that sounds familiar. It sounds very familiar. Exactly. And if there's wording in his contract that says any, any conduct that's detrimental to the team and you are cut for it and that voids any and all guarantees, then the Ravens should win this one very easily. But we're just going to find out how good the contract writers are for the Baltimore Ravens, honestly. Yeah, I think that most contracts have that clause in them. They have the, contract, the conduct detrimental to the team contract because when I said this sounds familiar – this is exactly what happened with the Antonio Brown situation. Yes. It's like identical. Yeah. Well, except for the fighting his teammates. Although maybe. Anyway, it no, no, it's yeah. it's pretty identical. Right. So that that's kind of what happened there. And um yeah, although conduct detrimental to the team, it's very it's a very umbrella term because you know, Terrell Owens doing sit ups in his front in his front lawn was considered conduct detrimental to the team by Andy Reid. But he wasn't kind well, of some, was suspended. Some would say the latter half of his entire tenure in Philadelphia was detrimental to the team. I mean, let's yes. face it. But, uh, yeah. And now we start the whole fucking thing that's going to happen now. And it's happened yesterday about Earl Thomas going to Dallas. I saw that Dan Orlovsky tweeted something along the lines of Earl Thomas is a guy who was considered by two of the most stable organizations in football to not be a fit for their team. Like, do you really think that Dallas is going to want to sign him after that, after, after this? Well, they have enough volatile uh, characters on their defense already. Who says one more can't hurt them? Something along those lines. Let me find that tweet. If you want to keep talking about, uh, I mean, you, you yeah. look at what Dallas needs. They need a standout player in their secondary. They don't have that right now, now that Byron Jones is now gone. He's in Miami now. So you bring in Earl Thomas there, Earl Thomas can really put this defense over the top. But the problem is, is that, you know, really, this is a pile of dynamite where one little spark and the whole thing is going to blow. And, you know, really, is this something that – Dallas wants to take a risk on. I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is it comes down to the financials. And people are saying that, oh, Dallas may not have enough money to go ahead and sign Earl Thomas. Well, releasing Gerald McCoy, 
saved them $6 billion right there. And then they restructured Tyron Smith's $6.7 million that was going to be given to him this year. They freed that up to clear an additional $3 million. So at the end of the day, the Cowboys do have more than enough money to go and sign Earl Thomas. It's just a matter of will they want to, number one. And then number two, what kind of competition is there going to be for his services? Because from what I've heard and from what I understand, there are at least two other teams in on Earl Thomas, the San Francisco 49ers and the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, I've heard that the Pittsburgh Steelers have also checked in on Earl Thomas. But at the end of the day, it's really going to come down to you need a strong leadership core to really bring in someone like Earl Thomas who has had, let's just face it, a up and down off season. I mean, let's uh, let's be real. And, you know, you, you're really going to need to acclimate him and, and have him be accepted. And let's just face it, the Baltimore Ravens are one of the strongest organizations in the league. They have one of the most close-knit teams in the league. They have, one, they have some of the best leaders in the National Football League. And they were okay with letting Earl Thomas go. It wasn't like a big shock to people in Baltimore that Earl Thomas left. There was, I think there was more overall, it was more of a relief for people in Baltimore that he just, it, was, it just got so sour there so quick with Earl Thomas that at the end of the day, he just, over, he just overstayed his welcome in, in Baltimore. And now it's a matter of where he's going to go and where he, wants to, uh, where he wants to go play. And at the end of the day, put it this way, will I be upset if Dallas signs Earl Thomas? Hell no. Would I be surprised if they do? Yes, I would be surprised. But just based on the couple of people that I've talked to about it, uh, it seems like as of right now, the interest – from at least Dallas's perspective, is minimal. Yeah. Well, actually, so I found the tweet, and it's actually a lot, a lot more succinct than how I paraphrased it. It's before we all go and say X team should sign Earl, two of the best and most respected organizations top down in the NFL just moved on from him in the last 18 months. You sure you want him? Have to do some real good deep diving and diligence to believe you're right and they're wrong. And that's from Darren, Darren Orlovsky. It's a, it's a good take. Yeah. It's a very good take. I think he's right. Teams definitely have to kind of do their due diligence on that. And also, Earl Thomas has been in the league for – he was drafted in like 2010 or 2011. Yeah. So he's been in the league for a while. Um, he's had injury injuries in the past. Um, so this is an interesting – it would be an interesting signing for anybody because I think he still has something left in him but it's all it's just about the the character well put it this way it's it's sort of like you're taking a small hit for what could be a very large gain and at least in the perspective of a team like dallas let's just let's just use them well like a win now team basically earl thomas would put dallas over the top i i genuinely believe that i i feel like earl thomas would put dallas in the San Francisco, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Seattle sort of teams in the NFC that you could say can make a case to come out of the NFC and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. That's the kind of signing that Earl Thomas is. And then you look at it from the perspective of the 49ers. 
Earl Thomas with that defense. You put Earl Thomas there with Richard Sherman. You already have Nick Bosa. I mean, you add Earl Thomas to that defense. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's a boom 2.0. That's, pro- that's probably the be- that's probably the best defense in football, no question about it. Yeah. Yep. And so he's he's the kind of piece right now. And people are also forgetting, not for nothing, Jadeveon Clowney's still out there. Jadeveon Clowney still hasn't signed. Shockingly. Yeah. Or not so shockingly, like actually. Yeah. He's so for 17 million a year. He's not getting it. So yeah. at the end at the end of the day. Earl Thomas is is a piece that if anybody does go and sign him, and someone will, because it's going to be a, I would say you're bringing you're bringing in a guy where you're uh, really uh, gambling that his talent will um, sort of overshadow the cancerous personality that seemingly has followed Earl Thomas the last couple of seasons wherever he has gone, but he goes to da- he goes to Dallas. Listen, he wouldn't be the first troublemaker to. Uh, step foot in the Cowboys locker room. But the problem is when you have a team that already has guys such as Alden Smith, Randy Gregory, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Everson Griffin, you know, those are, those are a lot of personalities, a lot. And, you know, it, like I said before, it's going to be one spark for the whole stick of dynamite just goes boom. So um, yeah, we just have to wait and see on the Earl Thomas front and Adam, where to keep the tradition going. And I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to say, as you are editing this episode, Earl Thomas is going to sign. Yeah, it's probably probably going to happen. Most likely, given our luck. Yeah, that's usually what happens, unfortunately. Yes. So the last bit of news and notes is Mike Williams, and he has a bit of a shoulder injury. So, Bird, do you have any uh, – what do you want to say about that? Yeah, so it's, it's a um, – it is a shoulder – issue it has nothing to do with his collarbone his collarbone is very much intact so it's a good sign it's not anything it's going to be a it's not going to be something that potentially ruins his season or anything like that because as we've talked about in this podcast before Tyrod Taylor has really hyped up Mike Williams a whole lot it is a week-to-week injury so obviously that means more for for Keenan Allen and you would expect that Hunter Henry as well would become now the if he wasn't before he would be the number two guy as far as, you know, running downfield routes for the Chargers to uh, potentially uh, get a ton of targets with, uh, with Mike Williams now week to week. His week one status is very much in question. So, uh, yeah, he, he took a little bit of a hit in my rankings. But if you're in a very deep draft and you see Mike Williams falling pretty hard, then you take him and you stash him. If you have an IR spot in your league, then, then you just stick him on your IR and you wait for him to come back. If you don't, and you get him late enough, you can just keep him on your bench week to week, and then you can get a guy that you're taking later in drafts as someone that can potentially produce, especially in deeper leagues. I don't think in 10-team leagues I would be drafting Mike Williams. In a 12-team league, I absolutely would be. And then anything later than that, you know, just let him slide. Let him slide, let him slide, and then you have your opportunity to take him. That's, what, that's the way that I would go approaching uh, Mike Williams. Thank God it's not anything with the collarbone. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that serious especially since, like you said, Tyra Taylor has been hyping up Mike Williams. Uh, the one quick question for this episode is kind of turning into a running theme. Bird, how is your draft? How is your auction draft? <sighs> okay. I don't think my team is very good. I, I came on the podcast before and 
when we were just talking beforehand, Adam, and I said that this was probably one of the worst teams that I've ever drafted. And it's probably second to last year's team in this in the same exact league. And I want you to be honest with me. Okay. Because I have my thoughts. Okay. So my team is Dak Prescott. This is standard roster size, three receivers. And it's an auction. And it's an auction. Yeah. Yes. Auction draft. Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott. Josh Jacobs. Mike Evans. Adam Thielen. Julian Edelman. Hunter Henry. Cam Akers. Eagles D. Matt Gay, Mike Gesicki, Josh Kelly, Preston Williams, Anthony Miller, Damian Harris, Naeem Hines, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. It's not, it's not, ter- it's not terrible. I think I, I'd give it like a C, a C plus. Oh, it's generous. It's a little top heavy is it would be my only criticism. There's not of- enough depth on, the, on this team. I, yes. That was exactly what I said. Yeah, it's very top. Like, the first couple names that you read off, I was like, Bird thinks this is a bad team? What the hell? And then, like, as you kept going down, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there isn't really much. If somebody goes down, if Mike Evans or Zeke or Dak, God forbid, go down with injury, then it's I'm like, screwed. yeah. See, here was my strategy going in. What I wanted to do was I wanted to get two top-tier RB1s. That's what I had my mind set on going in. And basically, I just let some opportunities sort of go. Like Dalvin Cook went for around 58 bucks. I got Zeke for like 61. And Barkley went for 60. Christian McCaffrey went for 61, 62. So it was like, it was right in the range of, of I think, of a, of a price that people would pay for, for Zeke. But it just got to a point where I didn't get any of the top guys. And then the only guy that was left that I knew I had to get was Josh Jacobs. If I wanted this to pan out the way that I wanted it to. And at first it did. I started out with Zeke and then I started out with Josh Jacobs. So I was like, all right, this is, this is pretty awesome. And the only pick that I kind of regret a little bit was going big on Mike Evans. I spent 37 on Mike Evans, Yeah, which if I could take that back, I probably would. Uh, Adam Thielen, though, I spent 33 on. So it wasn't that bad. I, I, I would definitely wouldn't spend 37, though, on Mike Evans. And by the time I spent, I basically spent half of my budget just on those four players. And then I needed to start really building my team with, I needed to get a quarterback still. I needed to get a flex still. I needed to get a tight end still. And I basically, I went all out. I was in a bidding war for Jonathan Taylor. And it just got to a point where I was like, shit, I can't do this. I ended up paying more for Cam Akers than I did for Jonathan Taylor. So at the end of the day, that was something I looked back on and I said, why the hell did I just go the extra buck or two to try and get Jonathan Taylor when, you know, Cam Akers is also there. But the good news is that Darrell Henderson now looks unlikely to be ready to go week one. So it looks like Cam Akers is going to have an opportunity right from the go to be the guy for the Rams. So that's a good sign for me, at least, when it comes to uh, to Cam Akers. But uh, I, I gave this team a C. I mean, it's not, it's not my best draft in the world, 
for sure. And I'm lucky that I have a quick turnaround. I have a draft tonight, so I'll be able to, uh, to rebound. And yes, I'm sure we will have another one quick question of how was your draft on Thursday or Friday? Every time, <laughs> every, every, every single time, every single time. But, um, I think the one thing that I have to do is I just have to be very, very aware of guys that pop up on waivers and guys that pop off. And this is a fab league too, for anybody that doesn't know, it's a free agency acquisition budget. That is fab. And it's a $200 fab league. And I just need to be very aware of guys that pop up on, on waivers. And I can't be afraid to spend that fab doll, the fab dollars to go and get these guys. Cause at the end of the day, I'm going to need all the help that I can get with, with that bench. And I know, I know that this team can compete. Whereas my team last year, I knew, I knew that team was hot garbage and, and, and I knew it. This team can compete, but I need certain things to just kind of work themselves out where if I can get certain guys and I could fill my bench up with, with quality players, you know, as the season goes on, this team will be okay. But if I can't and injuries really start to hurt this team, then I'm done. Then I'm done. But I'm lukewarm about the team. And there are other teams in this league that are very, very good. One team has the whole, uh, the whole trio of Chiefs, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. So that's just kind of the, the madness that's going on in this league. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's a, it's a shitty team. But I know given how well I – happen to manage my teams throughout the course of a season, I know I can get this team at least to the playoffs, at least to the playoffs. And anything that happens from there is, is a minor miracle. But I know people will say, Oh, you don't draft just to make the playoffs. You draft to win championships. I know, but in certain situations, you'll take uh, a playoff. You'll take, you'll take a playoff spot. I mean, I think you, Matt, I think you draft, you draft to make the playoffs, but then what you do during the season is what makes you is what gets you to the championship. Yep, I agree. So you can't just win. You don't win a league in August. You win the league. No, but you can lose it. Yes, you can. Yes, you yes. can lose it. Yes. Which is why you should listen to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. And if you are, then odds are you will be winning your league. Yep, that's right. Frankly, I was going to say that from what you were telling me before we went on air, I thought I was expecting a lot worse. Really? Yes. Because huh. you, okay. you were like, oh, this team is terrible. I'm not ma-. The second I left the room, I was like, I'm not making the playoffs. I was like, oh, God. What happens? Well, I could say there are a lot of people, and, and I know people listen to this podcast and, and, you know, play fantasy regularly. You know, they have had this feeling for sure, where it's like you walk, you walk out of a draft and you say to yourself, shit, that was – awful draft i just i shit the bed and that's that's kind of how i felt i think i was feeling good and then i thought about it i slept on it and i said god this team is bad this team needs a lot of work and it's it's gonna need a lot of work and and you know what i think that's part of the the fun that goes into into fantasy is yeah it's it's gonna be work but at, the, but at the end of the day, you know, if, if I can pull out a decent enough finish with this team and who knows, maybe make money out of it, I'll say it's a job well done. 
Yeah. Well, if you want to draft fan, if you want to play fantasy and not do any work, then just play in a best ball league. True. True. Or or sign up for a uh, random ass eighteen league on uh, ESPN or NFL Network or or NFL, not NFL Network, because I've been I was told this. I I had a I had a little slip over the weekend when I said. Uh, we should, people want to go to NFL Network and they're crazy. And I was blasted for it. Oh yeah, blasted for it. I was like, oh Jesus, okay, all right, NFL, NFL. I didn't think it was gonna be. It was like that crazy of a of a thing, like that. Apparently, it is that incredible. Like that incredible of a faux, of a faux pas. I did not. I did not think that was gonna be like that. Apparently, it's the worst Freudian slip that you could possibly have. Is saying NFL Network has fantasy. No, no, no. NFL does not NFL Network. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. They're not. They're not brother and sister or anything. But no. So anyway, this uh, this episode is going to be the finishing touches on our running back preview, part two of two, and we'll be talking about the from. If you want to follow along, there you can check out the PPR running back rankings on FantasyPros.com. And we are going to be looking at tiers five through eight. So and it's the same thing as, as we've usually done. Uh, breakout, bust, and sleeper. And let's start off with tier five. I got to say, before we go into these, uh, these uh, tiers, mm-hmm. this is where I think people are going to win their leagues. Yeah. Guys that are taking that are taken in these sort of tiers in this range, where you you hit a lottery pick, this is, these are guys that can win you leagues, and I'm very excited to talk about them because I think there are a lot of guys here that are worth talking about, well, especially in this tier specifically. Yes. I like this tier a lot. So we have Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift, Raheem Mostert, Cam Akers, James White, Ronald Jones. Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, J.K. Dobbins, and Philip Lindsay. So it's a good tier. It is a good tier. I think for me, my breakout there are there are a couple. I think my breakout is Devin Singletary. My sleeper is J.K. Dobbins, and then my bust. I don't know. It's hard to pick a bust here. I. I think it's either Phil Lindsay or Raheem Mostert. Interesting. Interesting. So my sleeper here is James White. If you want to call him a sleeper, you can. But he, he is my sleeper in, the, in this group. My breakout is Cam Akers. And my bust is DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Actually, another one for my bust category could also be Ronald Jones as well. Ooh, that's an interesting one. That yeah. that that is one we we definitely can uh, can talk about. But yeah, going back talking about Cam Akers, he should be in line for Week One work. And if that's the case, and he really proves himself Week One, then Darrell Henderson could be very much out of the picture. Darrell Henderson uh, limped off of the practice field over the weekend, and his status for Week One is very very much in question. Uh, James White, much of the same story. He's going to have a great opportunity in New England with potentially no Lamar Miller and no Sony Michelle to get meaningful touches for, for the Patriots. And he's being drafted right now as the RB 30 and PPR. That's incredible value for a guy that, you know, really could end up being the RB one 
in New England. So that, that's a range that I'm very comfortable with taking James White. And as for who was the other one that I said? was Oh, it was DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift, it came out over the weekend that he's going to be in a full-fledged committee with Carrion Johnson. And pending that both Carrion and DeAndre Swift are healthy, I mean, obviously it's more of a question with Carrion than it is with DeAndre Swift. There's no reason why DeAndre Swift is the 27th running back coming off the board and Carrion Johnson is the 38th. They should be much closer to each other. I think DeAndre Swift, I would drop seven or eight spots because just like, I, I ju- I'm just not taking yeah. him at that spot. No way. I'd rather have Raheem Mostert over him. I'd rather have Cam Akers. I'd rather have James White. I'd rather have Ronald Jones. I would probably rather have J.K. Dobbins, and that's it. So he, he should really be one, two, three, four, five. He should be six spots lower here. So he should be the 30, 33rd running back coming off the board if we're doing the math right. Yeah, it should just be like uh, the Dolphins, where it's Jordan Howard and Matt Breida are right are back-to-back with each other at 33 and right. 34. Right, and between, between those two, I don't know who I'd rather have. I think I'd rather have Matt Breida. Yeah, over over Jordan Howard, but it's it's close. It's very close. And then for me, so for my breakout with Devin Singletary, I think Josh Allen likes to run the ball a lot, but I think last year it was mainly because he was the bet like one of the better running. He he was like the second best running back on the team. Josh Allen True. was. True. And I think that I hope that Sean McDermott is, will maybe try and get Josh Allen to stay in the pocket a bit more just because highly doubtful, highly doubtful just because Josh Allen has uh, been injured the past couple uh, of years. And when he was in the league, just to kind of avoid the injuries, kind of like what happened like Cam Newton with later, later in his career, where Cam Newton became slightly more of a pocket, a pocket passer. Still- yeah, but Cam, but Cam Newton never had the overall accuracy worries it's that I think people have with Josh Allen, which I think are absolutely fucking ludicrous. Well, but I mean, well, yeah, Josh Allen is not going to be a guy that passes for sixty-five percent of have a completion percentage of sixty-five percent. You know, I, I, I apologize. It's not who Josh Allen is, but this is a guy who could throw a ball out of the fucking stadium. I mean, come on. Yeah, he could throw a ball far, but if you don't hit anything, then what's the point? He did last year. He was great last year. I'm just saying, accuracy is an important part. I mean, Jamarcus Russell could it's, throw the ball yes. through the goalpost on his knees. Yes, it's an, it's an important part, but will it kill a quarterback if he doesn't throw for – if he doesn't have a completion percentage of around 60 65%? No. No, it won't kill them. Because Josh Allen – the thing with Josh Allen is he has his legs, and that, that also helps which does hurt Devin Singletary, and I can tell you what also hurts Devin Singletary is apparently the running back that has stood out in Buffalo the most has been Zach Moss and hasn't been Devin Singletary. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, so I could really see, if I had to take a guess as to what the split was going to be in Buffalo, I would say that it's going to be a 60-40 split in favor of Singletary. So Zach Moss is going to be a factor in, in Buffalo. Uh, Ronald Jones, please. Because this, this, is, this is a conversation I want to have. He's not – I wouldn't – okay. He's, he definitely has the potential to be a bust in Tampa Bay. 
Just because, sure, of course he does. Just because Tom Brady and running backs don't really mix all that well. He made he made James, he made a really good career for James White. Yes, he did. But I I understand what you're saying, and there was they had um, a show on NFL Network yesterday, no free advertising, where they had a live look in at the Bucks, and Ronald Jones was running routes with Tom Brady. He dropped three passes in a row that were right on the hands, right on the hands. Yeah. So people can talk about, you know, how Ronald Jones has bulked up. People talk about how he seems to be more ready for this year. But the bottom line is if he can't, he can't catch passes from Tom Brady. It's not going to be a good look. Meanwhile, LaShawn McCoy was running routes from the, uh, from the second teamers. I believe he was catching passes actually from uh, Blaine Gabbert and LaShawn McCoy was, was catching passes. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's LaShawn McCoy or Dare Ogbunwo Wale. There we go. I can't say that name in a in full flop. I I really can't. It's a, it's a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just call we'll just call him Ogie. Okay. Ogbunawale is now Ogie. Okay. So if it's going to be Lashawn McCoy or Ogie, who's uh, who's catching passes now on third down, you know it takes it takes a ton out of uh, out of Ronald Jones, and we're not even factoring in Keyshawn Vaughn, yes. who we seemingly has lost. Too. A lot of luster, a lot. So we'll see, we'll see. But I mean, I, I personally, I love Ronald Jones. I, I, I love him. Yeah, but it's funny. I think where he's going right now, RB thirty one is great. It's funny that you say that because you're just talking about how he dropped like three passes in a row from Tom Brady, and you're like, oh, I still, I still like him now. Yeah, I, I still like him because I think he's got a great opportunity. He does have a great opportunity. I think that it's still going to be very much a committee. In Tampa Bay, I mean, Peyton Barber is no longer there, but he, there's still going to be competition for for running backs. You know, I disagree. I disagree with you. I I I I definitely disagree with you. I think Ronald Jones is going to be the guy, and if he misses a blitz pickup, then he's fucked. But I think really the first second down guy is going to be Ronald Jones, and then on third down, it's really a question of whether it's going to be Ogie or Lashawn McCoy. Or you know, if Ronald Jones gets hurt, then maybe Keyshawn Vaughn gets a uh, gets a run at this. But I think as of right now, the most talented guy and the guy with the most opportunity in Tampa Bay in that in that backfield, in really what is no doubt the most hyped up offense now in the National Football League in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ronald Jones has that opportunity to be the guy. Yes, he does. Um, before we move on into tier six, the other interesting players, uh, we talked about J.K. Dobbins a fair amount when we yep. were going through our AFC North preview and how we're both pretty pretty high on him, especially if uh, something happens, God forbid, to Mark Ingram. And J.K. Dobbins is definitely in – he's the next successor if something happens to uh, Mark Ingram. Yeah, and they could be talking about as well that even though Mark Ingram is going to be listed – as the number one guy in the depth chart for the Ravens. We talked about a 60-40 split in Buffalo. It could be something like that in, in Baltimore as well, that there's a 60-40 split or maybe at least a 60-30 split between Ingram and Dobbins and then a 10% going out to, to guys like Justice Hill and uh, Gus Boss, Gus Edwards. So, so they're, they're, yeah. the other running backs are definitely going to be incorporated, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how it was last year. So yeah, yep. 
And then Philip Lindsay is a player that is just so fascinating as far as his situation is concerned. I haven't seen, it's like such a disparity in two running backs that are allegedly part of, going to be part of a committee. It's like the biggest disparity I've seen. It's like a, it's like a, a cavern the size of the Grand Canyon with as far as tiers for Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. You're not wrong. And Philip Lindsay has so much, had showed so much upside in 2018 and he did really well in 2019 and 3,000 yard seasons. Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy. Not only that the Broncos signed Melvin Gordon, but that people are going to be so down that people are really down on Philip Lindsay this season because of the signing of Melvin Gordon. Yeah. It's because of uh, Melvin Gordon. It's because Melvin Gordon, Uh, some breaking news on the podcast and it's not about Earl Thomas. Oh, well that's, that's good. The New York Mets will play baseball tomorrow against yes. the Marlins. They're playing a doubleheader. Yes. I got correct. that from uh, Anthony DiComo because Brody Van yes. BBW uh, was on a Zoom call this morning and he was talking good old, about good old Brody. Brody. He was on a Zoom call and he was saying that, uh, yeah, the Mets are going to be playing a doubleheader with the Marlins tomorrow. And then I guess it's going to be doubleheaders all weekend between the Mets and the Yankees at the stadium. And apparently also in a, uh, in a scrimmage today, uh, CeeDee Lamb had three touchdowns for, for the Cowboys. It's only a scrimmage, Bird. Scrimmage is a scrimmage. Three touchdowns, three touchdowns. As they say in uh, Monty Python, it's only a mobile. <laughs> and as they say in Bird Bible, chapter one, page 17, a touchdown is a touchdown. At least the thing that I'm referencing actually exists. Oh, the bird Bible exists. All right. It's sitting right, it's sitting right next to me. All right. Fine. Lucky this is, audio, this is only audio. All right. Tier six. This is another one. This Handcuff Central is what this is. I disagree. Tevin Coleman, Carrion Johnson, Latavius Murray, Marlon Mack, Duke Johnson, Darrell Henderson, Sonny Michelle, Zach Moss, Keyshawn Vaughn, Alexander Madison, Adrian Peterson, Tony Pollard, Naeem Hines, Boston Scott, Antonio Gibson, and Chase Edmonds. I don't know. I think this looks very much like players that you would draft as handcuffs. There are, there are a bunch of players here that you would be drafting as handcuffs. I think a lot of these guys can stand alone value. They really do. The, yes, there are, there are some players who, that do have standalone value. I think there are guys that will have standalone value come the end of the season. There are a lot of guys here I think that can win people leagues. Now I'm about to give two of them. Okay. Uh, my breakout is Chase Edmonds. My sleeper is Antonio Gibson. My bust is uh, – I'm going to keep it – I'm going to keep it not controversial. I'm going to say my bust is Sonny Michelle. For for obvious reasons, Sonny Michelle probably not going to play. He'll he's could, probably going to be on the pop. So yeah, if that if that's the case, then Sonny Michelle is basically useless for for fantasy. But as for Chase Edmonds, I think Chase Edmonds has a real opportunity. If something does happen to Kenyon Drake and he becomes the guy in Arizona, we've seen Cliff Kingsbury kick one running back to the curb and David Johnson. You know he could do the same thing here. 
if Kenyon Drake doesn't pan out, they can just say, you know what, we're going to go run with Fordham's finest in yep. Mr. Chase Edmonds Fordham's and make, finest. Him, make him the guy. I mean, this is, this is a guy that absolutely torched the Giants. Yes. So it he's got talent. Stuff. Yeah, he's got talent. He's got talent. It's there. And in a fast-paced, quick offense that Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury obviously wants to run, Chase Edmonds fits into that absolutely perfectly. So, I mean, even, even if, you know, he doesn't become the guy, you could still see him get some meaningful snaps, I believe, for, for the Cardinals. And I think we've beaten the, the dead horse with this one more times than we could count with Antonio Gibson. I mean, he's, he is the ultimate sleeper, I think, for running backs this year because of how Ron Rivera, who – Prayers up to uh, to Ron Rivera with uh, his uh, diagnosis of uh, of cancer. Hopefully, I know. You know they're saying it is treatable. It yes. is treatable. So that is uh, definitely good news. But absolutely, you know, prayers up to uh, Ron Rivera because he is one of the uh, one He's of the, one the good, good guys in the National Football League. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Yeah. But he's really talked up Antonio Gibson a whole lot, and we've mentioned in this podcast that he thinks he can be a Christian McCaffrey Swiss Army knife for the Washington Football Team. And I really think that that could happen. And there's a lot of competition there for, for touches. And he could be the primary beneficiary of that. You know, we saw him at Memphis line up in the slot. We've seen him, you know, line up in an eye. We've seen him line up next to the quarterback and shotgun as well. He could play absolutely anywhere. And that's what I think makes him so helpful for a team like Washington that's looking for guys to really, you know, grab an opportunity that's what Antonio Gibson can potentially do. And I, I absolutely love him this year, and especially where he's going at the RB 51. That's fantastic. And if you, you can get that, holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really, really good. I think when I'm in my draft tonight, I mean, I'm going to see where Antonio Gibson's going, but if I can get him double digit rounds tonight, I would be thrilled. I would be absolutely thrilled if I can get that. So, um, yeah, those are uh, those are my guys, Adam. Let's see, uh, let's see who you're going to piss off now, because I'm sure you pissed off a lot of people before with Ronald Jones. Oh my God, he's not. Whatever. Well, there is definitely that a uh, quite quite the gaping void in the starting running back position for the Washington Football Team. So I think I, I agree. I mean, Antonio Gibson is a sleeper for me. My breakout. This is uh, this is tough. This is a tough list here. Because a lot of these players have already kind of "quote unquote" broken out. Um, I like Naeem Hines a lot, mm. just because of the fact that um, I know Marlon Mack in this tier is ranked higher than him. But once Jonathan Taylor takes over uh, full time as the first and second down running back for the Colts, then Marlon Mack will have no value. And what Na- Naeem Hines brings to the table. The one thing that Jonathan Taylor doesn't, which is uh, receiving yards, catches out of the backfield. So I think that's why, you know, Naeem Hines has that consistent value. And then my bust is easy. I mean, same thing as you, Sonny Michelle, uh, certainly. So, yeah. Just because of injury reasons. Um, and your sleeper? Sleeper. Well, I think – Antonio Gibson is a sleeper for me. Uh, Alexander Madison is a sleeper to me because it's sometimes it, Dalvin Cook, sure. Yeah, because you know how much uh, Mike Zimmer loves running backs. Loves True. running backs. 
So, yeah. And then, yeah, it's basically it for me as far as that is concerned. I mean, other players that are worth talking about, we talked about Daryl Henderson, who uh, might not make it to week week one. And also the the committee in Detroit with Kerryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift, where... My son has life. Yes. Adam, Adam. Mm-hmm. I want you. To, I want you to listen quite closely. Yes. If Carryon Johnson somehow manages to play 16 games and breaks out this year, I would be the happiest human being on God's green earth. I can imagine. I, I can because imagine. Everyone who has talked such slander about my son, Carryon Johnson, would need to hide. They would need to find the biggest rock on the planet and hide underneath it. If carry on Johnson somehow pans out. Yeah. Well, he not, not as much as if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. If the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, everybody please hide. You need to find a new co-host. That's what you're going to have to do. I will, I will be coming for heads. I just hope that I will be, I will be the most unbearable human being. For the better part of seven months. I'm not looking forward to that. If that oh, I'm, I'm that not day. looking forward to when that happens. That day. Oh, my God. Oh, my heavenly father. But really, if you don't win a Super Bowl with this team in the next couple of years, then it'll be probably one of the biggest wastes of talent I've ever in NFL history. Then it would be confirmed that the Cowboys would be better off when Jerry, jo- when Jerry Jones croaks. Yes. Then it will then it will be confirmed. But as of as of now, I mean, I give I give I give Jerry credit. You know, he's put together a uh, really really solid core of players, and hopefully the uh, the coach, the new coach that comes in, makes a difference. I forget who said it. It was oh my god. It was Ladanian Tomlinson. That's who said it. Lt himself. LT himself, yes, said that he's seen it before where you have a team that was good under one coach and all the right ideas are in place, everything needs everything you know needed to happen happened, but there were certain things that you know you just needed to get over the hump. And then they go to a different coach and that other coach gets those ideas in and that's how they get over the hump. So well, a it could happen with, with Mike McCarthy. A good example is John Gruden, how he won a Super Bowl. That was Tony Dungy's yep. philosophy, Absolutely. his vision. Absolutely. It's 100% right. 100% right. Yep. All right. So, tier number seven, we have Justin Jackson, A.J. Dillon, Damian Harris, Jamal Williams, Carlos Hyde, Darrington Evans, Chris Thompson, Joshua Kelly, Giovanni Bernard, DeAndre Washington, Anthony McFarland Jr., Jalen Richard, Malcolm Brown, Raquel Armstead, and Benny Snell Jr. You know what? I was wrong. This is Handcuff Central. This tier is Handcuff Central. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, there are a lot of guys that I like here, too. A lot. Um, I think my... I don't know if there's a breakout here, though. That's the problem. I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go two sleepers and a bust. I'm going to go my 
bust is Jamal Williams. And then my two sleepers here, I'm going to go with the Chargers guys. I'm going to go Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. Yeah, I like Justin Jackson a lot out of this uh, out of this group. Basically, if you wanted, if we were going to say who's going to break out out of this tier, we're basically wishing for somebody to get hurt, and nobody wants that. Da- Darrington Evans is that guy. Darrington mm-hmm. Evans is that guy. Where if something happens to Derrick Henry, Darrington Evans is he's a fantasy star. Yes. But yeah, it's like who's the primary suspect if something happens? It's like you check you check this tier of running backs to see if if a running back gets injured. Um, yeah, so one of my sleepers is definitely Justin Jackson. Um, the other one for me, I kind of hmm, I kind of like Mal- he's I like Malcolm Brown. I just don't. That's a good one. That's yeah, a good shout. Especially good since shout. Daryl Henderson isn't going to make make it to week one. He's not going to play week one. Malcolm Brown is definitely a worthy shout, especially considering how well he did last year in the absence yeah. of Todd Gurley. Yeah, sure. You know, he's knows the playbook, a proven veteran in the team. <laughs> it's yeah. Two, two years in the league, is he a veteran? But uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot. And then for my bust, you know, yeah, Jamal Williams is definitely a good shout for that as well. Um, I think Carlos Hyde also. I don't know. I like Chris Thompson a lot too, especially in, in deeper PPR leagues. Well, I'm talking about bust at this point. Well, I, I know I know you are. I'm just saying yeah. just as a guy that I kinda like Chris Thompson okay. too. Yeah. Carl Side, yeah, he's 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 a handcuff. He's a handcuff really. So um even Damian Harris, I kinda I kinda like a little bit. Um, other than that, I mean, this is the the uh, hope for injury tier because you have uh, the Pittsburgh running backs, you're hoping for something to happen. I mean, they're basically third and fourth on the uh, on the depth chart. Shh. Let's not talk that into existence. With Pittsburgh, yeah. Let's not talk that into existence. We no. need James Conner to be absolutely wonderful. Yes, exactly. And then uh, DeAndre Washington isn't really going to get too much, with uh, although you don't really know. If Andy, how much of a committee this is really going to be in Kansas City? Yeah, you, you don't you don't know what the hell it's going to look like in Kansas City, honestly. But regardless, I mean, yeah. Let's move on to our final tier, the tier last one, the, sl- the the sleeper tier. This yes, this is the sleeper tier. Tier eight: Bryce Love, Edo Smith, Jarek McKinnon, Rashad Penny, Royce Freeman. Rex Burkhead, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, Jalen Samuels, Deion Lewis, Peyton Barber, Brian Hill, Darwin Thompson, Ogie, Frank Gore, and Dura Williams. I mean, there really isn't a, like a, a bust in this group. I will say that there are a couple guys here that I, that I do like a lot. Um, well, there's a real Royce- bust in this, in this tier. True. Uh, Royce Freeman, that's a guy I like a whole lot only if he gets traded. If Denver decides to trade Royce Freeman, I think he's in a really great position. It just yeah. depends on where he goes. But I think if, if Royce Freeman gets an opportunity, then we could be talking about someone that you know could be valuable enough. Um, and the other two guys that I like are, are very straightforward. Bryce Love has the opportunity in Washington – 
to get the early down work there. And then Ido Smith is another guy that I really, really, really like a lot because I think if something happens to Todd Gurley, it's really a competition between him and Brian Hill as to who's going to get the, uh, the early down touches for Atlanta. And for me, I, I've, I've always been an Ido Smith guy. I think Ido Smith is very, very talented. And he would get an opportunity if something does happen to Todd Gurley. So I would say that if Todd Gurley, if you're drafting Todd Gurley, you better make sure you get a handle on Ido Smith because I think that we're going to see Ido Smith a bunch of times this year get the opportunity to be the guy in games given the uncertainty with the health of Todd Gurley. Yeah, it's more like when something happens to Todd Gurley, not if something happens to Todd Gurley. Yeah, unfortunately that it does seem to be the case. But I think we we were a couple of years early on Ido Smith. I think when he was coming into the league in uh, in 2017, we were like you he, he was an interesting pickup when uh, Devontae Freeman was injured and it was the Tevin Coleman show and Ido Smith was the backup and he was getting some some work in Atlanta. So Ido Smith has been working pretty hard to to get to where he is. And uh, as far and he's definitely a big sleeper. I do. I agree with you. I like Bryce Love a lot out of this group. And um, I mean, I don't know. As far as uh, as other sleepers, I think that we talked about Ogie before and how he has a good opportunity to get some uh, some carries along with uh, with Peyton Barber in Tampa Bay. Um, Frank Gore can definitely get something with with the Jets. He's going to be a compliment to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, it's, I mean, hopefully Le'Veon Bell is going to be getting more the most uh, carries, but I think Frank Gore is still serviceable. If you're as a surprise running back, I guess is a is a word I could use where it's like, oh well, I have Frank Gore surprise. Here's a t- here's a touchdown. Here's 50 yards. Cool. Sure. Like, God forbid, Le'Veon Bell gets injured. Frank Gore is going to be the guy. And then... And we all know how much Adam Gaze loves Frank Gore. Yes. And just Franklin Gore. Franklin Franklin. Gore. Correct. And that's kind of it, really. I I mean, also, I hope that Rashad Penny gets traded as well to a a team that could really utilize his talents. I agree with you. This is a guy that really has been he was drafted in one of the worst possible situations where you go to a team and they really just don't want you because that's what it seems like where they keep Brit where Chris Carson has has broken out to be the number one and then they signed Carlos Hyde to be the number two and Rashad Payne is like well what about me you drafted me in the first round what am I chop liver yeah well the Seahawks also drafted him two rounds early I remember that that draft I think we were doing pretty sure we were doing the uh, required radio fantasy show. I'm pretty sure. And I think I'd said that Rashad Penny should have been like a third round pick. That's what I had him as. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the fact that he was drafted in the first round, you know, that definitely hurt him because I didn't think he was a first round pick, but yeah, obviously it's, it, it, it it sucks the way that it's panned out for Rashad Penny because he was one of my favorite running backs coming out of uh, with that class. And it just has not worked out for him in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody else you want to talk about? No, I think, uh, I think we're good. Now, can we, uh, can we get to the, um, the mariachi band, please? Can you, uh, yeah. 
Can you light up my life? Well, unfortunately, there is no mariachi band. Ah, shit. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. See ya. <laughs> but I, I could do you one better. So on Sunday... I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. There's no... There are no mariachi bands, Adam. I want no part. Come on. You're actually going to like this. Nope. Well, I'm going to say nope. it anyway. All right, go ahead. I'm not going to be impressed. Okay. On August 30th, 2020, Mr. Birdsall and I will be having our fantasy You mean just drum. you? Just you. Well, we're in the I will not. I will not be in attendance. What, because there are no mariachi bands? Because there's no mariachi band. Yes, correct. See, okay. I'll break the fourth wall. Even Abigail knows that there's no, no mariachi band. She's very upset. Look what you did, Adam. Dogs bark all the time. She, she's upset there's not a mariachi band. No. But go, go ahead, please. I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you have your moment. Well, this is an exciting thing because we'll be live streaming our fantasy football draft on August 30th. It will be – well, it will be, it will be recorded live, basically. It'll be and we'll be and we'll be subsequently released right after the draft ends. Yes. So it's gonna be one of those things where you're gonna be hearing in the moment stream of consciousness commentary on what other people are picking in the draft or who other people are picking in the draft, as well as our thought process when it comes to uh, making picks in real time. Because you know, we do we've done a lot of mock drafts on uh on this and also the required radio fantasy show, but there was really no substitute for the real thing. Sure. See how people interact when you're really drafting. They're actually, they're higher stakes where you can't just be like, Oh, well, it's a mock draft or whatever. This is like, this is real. This is for money. That's real so deal. It, we think it'll be interesting. I hope that you guys will be interested in listening to it. And yeah. So We'll be doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's not as good as a mariachi band, but no, it's it's all right. It's all right. I Um, I think it'll it'll suffice. Yeah. We'll we'll also be releasing that, uh, that live stream, whatever you want to call it, um, pretty quickly after the, uh, after the draft is over. Hopefully there won't be too many, uh, too many things that we'll need to, to edit and, and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, we will probably be releasing that literally right after the draft ends, pending that there are no major fluffs or or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna be. I'm 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 hyped for it. I'm really yeah. hyped for it. I mean, this is uh, this is something that I've I've done before, but it, it's it's really cool, you know, just to to talk through your picks and hopefully Adam won't use any of uh, any of what I'm thinking considering we are picking literally back to back yeah which sucks which makes it more interesting for the listener is i think what you meant to say it makes it more interesting for the listener yeah but i could i could just say oh in the second round maybe i want to pick uh i want to pick so and so and maybe i don't want him to go to this spot and maybe i can see if i can get him in round three so it's like you know you you have to be you have to pick and choose what you want to say, but at the same time, you want to be truthful. So, it's uh, it'll 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 be hard, but uh, but you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it'll be interesting because usually, whenever I you know, whenever we do drafts, it's like 
I haven't really been a part of a live draft since I went to summer camp. So it's usually just been sitting me sitting behind my sitting at my computer, be like, oh man, I wanted to pick him. Or like, oh, do I want him? Do I want him? It's like it's a it's all like an inner monologue. So I think this will be interesting to have an actual dialogue with somebody during this draft. And it'll, and frankly, I think it'll make you it'll make me feel better about my picks when you're talking to somebody else about it. Oh, you mean so you mean when you pick someone and you hear me go, fuck you? Not necessarily, just because it's like you see it when you're talking it through with somebody else, you're like, oh, actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was or something along those lines. Well, it will be great to see the, uh, the initial shock and awe picks actually as they happen live. And hopefully we'll have some, uh, some guests on for, uh, for that draft as well. I'm going to try and, uh, and maybe work on that. No promises that uh, we do get that, but either way you'll have both of us here and we'll, uh, we'll probably go uh, pick by pick and talk about each pick and talk about each team and, and things like that. So it'll be, um, it'll be fun. And, and like I said, the, um, that podcast should literally be up uh, Sunday night and will uh, be in everybody's inboxes on, uh, on Monday. And that we'll probably be recording a podcast on, on Monday. And then we have a whole week of you know hyping up for the season and and things like that and then the week after that it's week one preview crazy crazy yeah it's hard to think about we're almost there i when i was at work on saturday i was listening they were uh interviewing brian costello of the post who covers the jets and -hmm. he's like he's talking about denzel Mims' injury and it's like people don't realize that we're three weeks away from week one yeah, it's nuts, and the season and the season starts late this year too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes and things under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella, including the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the Fantasy Show that we do, and the Basement Talk Podcast Quizvitational, which the grand final of it will be recorded this weekend. Yes, and you can find that all on Apple Podcasts. SoundCloud and Spotify under the name Basement Talk Podcast. So please leave us a five-star review and a comment on what you thought of the second part of our running back previews. Later in the week, we'll be talking about wide receivers. That'll be part one of two of that show. And then on Sunday, the big show, the live NFL fantasy draft. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Pastor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Happy birthday, Kobe. Mamba out.